What up, it's your boy Tommy G here with episode nine of the No Mercy podcast. I am joined today and tomorrow, so we're going to be doing two of these uh, with Jeff Mans at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. Uh, basically, what we decided to do because there's a lot to talk about in this given week, we decided to break this up into two episodes. So this episode here is going to cover the Le'Veon Bell situation, the clock violation. We're going to go heavy into uh, kind of which players that we're looking at are we worried about, guys like Leonard Fournette. Fitzpatrick, uh, James Conner, Drake, Hines, is Kiki for real, is Corey Davis for real, talk about the quarterbacks, talk about cash gameplay, going to do a lot of stuff involving waivers, seasonal, individual players, buy low, sell highs, we added in a fuck, marry, kill at the end with, I think it was pissing, shitting, and vomiting, but uh, tomorrow, our episode 10, we're going to do the normal weekly episode where we fuck around a lot more, have a lot more Twitter questions, go into DFS very heavy, into DFS uh, week five, I think we're heading into now. So uh, this is an additional episode that we added because of all the questions we were getting on Twitter. So enjoy it. Um, it's a lot more content and a lot less fucking around. And tomorrow we're going to fuck around a little more and add in the DFS stuff. So uh, hopefully you guys get over to GuruElite.com, sign up. Big week this week. We got MLB playoff betting going on. We got obviously football betting going on. And then we have the McGregor-Khabib fight going on. So a lot of stuff to be wagering on and playing DFS on. Hockey starting. Big shit going over there at GuruElite.com. Go over there. Check it out. But without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode nine of the No Mercy podcast. Uh, doing things a little bit different this week, starting to figure out what we're doing with our schedule and our pace here. Unfortunately, decided to double up on Jeff Mann's shows this week, which <laughs> is never a good thing. So, Jeffrey Mann's, how are you doing today? I'm the first of two. I'm pumped up. Yeah, more Mans on the No Mercy podcast. No, how great is this? no. It's brutal. The thing is, it's so funny. Oh, you, fuck. You and I are similar in the way that even when we absolutely despise somebody or something, but we know it's going to be good, we're like, screw it, fuck it, we'll do it. Just because. So you called this emergency podcast today because you're hearing me scream and yelling. Emergency yell and podcast. Out. Emergency podcast. Jeff Manns is screaming on Sirius <laughs> Radio, and we need him here uncensored immediately. Yes. Emergency podcast. Or I can say, fuck. Yeah, I heard your serious show today, Sirius 210 XM 87, weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m., Jeff Manns. Yeah. Um, you were on fire today, and it was uh, – you. I felt you needing to curse today more than I have in a long time. Yes. Uh, I really did. Like you're, you're very good at controlling it, but I felt like there was a couple times where you were dying. Oh, yeah. To. So I figured, as, you're, as someone who pretends to be your friend, right. I would give you the opportunity to come on the No Mercy podcast <laughs> and – let the fucking guns fly. Just start Al Pacino's Scarface machine gunning everyone over a couple different topics that we'll talk about. So oh, you will have your oh, moment, sir. Okay, good. You will have your moment. I, as and a friend, I do. I'm you know how close I I've never sworn. I've not swore on the radio yet. Not yet. Not once. And twice today, I literally I felt know. I felt the wall go down and I was about <laughs> to do it. Like it was it was gonna happen. It's as close as it. ever. I know you so well, and I've done so many yes. shows with you that I can hear when you're about to curse, yep. and I know when you cover it. I can right. I can hear the step over. Yep. So they, literally the first time I heard it, I was like, all right, I got I to 
I got to throw my man a life raft here. Let's do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to do two shows back to back. We're going to do one today, uh, which is not your normally scheduled show, but maybe it will be going forward. Maybe we'll end up doing two of these instead of you having to listen to yeah. a two hour show. Maybe we could break them into two one hour and change shows. <laughs> But sure this show, we're going to discuss a lot of the hot button topics. Little look back at week two. We're at the quarter pole for the season, so we're four games in. This is the point we've been telling you about since the preseason. Data comes out after four weeks. After four weeks, Jeff, I know you're notorious for breaking the season down in quadrants. Yeah. So this seems like a good time to do this additional No Mercy show. We'll talk about Le'Veon Bell. Um, I want to talk about the clock violation last night, have some interesting takes on that. We got MLB starting really yesterday, I guess, with the tiebreaker game. But the playoffs officially start today. So we'll touch on a little bit of MLB playoffs. Going to go heavy on a lot of different players that are hot-button topics. Guys like Fournette uh, and a lot of these guys that are wondering, what do you do with them? Do we keep them? Uh, Fournette, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Kiki. All these guys that maybe you have some interesting decisions to make in your seasonal leagues. Uh, most of you probably don't have waivers till Wednesday, so we'll talk a little waivers. We'll kind of go wherever the fuck we want. We'll do some fuck, marry, kills on here again. Uh, we have a couple non-football topics. Got a lot of shit. I, I don't really have a show plan, Jeff, but I did puke about 3,000 things on a piece of paper. Nice. So I'm just going to shoot, yeah. and then you just fucking just run with whatever I throw at you, okay? Yeah, I'm ready to go, man. Anything you got, I, I, I'm ready. I'll, every topic you sound you said there, I have thoughts on. Pretty passionate. Yeah, so I mean, at this point in the season, you know, we're in, we're in, we're just in cruise control at this point. Yeah. There, you know, we don't, we can talk about anything. Sure. So, the first thing we'll talk about is last week. Obviously, let's get that out of the way. Uh, how last week? I'm going to start with you because you were the one who literally at one point looked like you might be walking away with a quarter of a million dollars yep. in DFS. Yep. Um, I have a little bit of a heartbreak story, but we'll start with the positive and then give the negative. So. We both had good weeks. Talk to me a little bit about your DFS week real quick, and then, uh, and then what happened here. DFS week was amazing. Like, this is one where if you follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all that shit, like, you guys know, Saturday, I shut it down. I, was, I felt so good. And, Tommy, we not, you and I did the live stream over at GuruLeet.com. It's part of our DFS package. We do it every Friday. You know, I had the article up that Friday night as well, and I, I, I made the lineups, and I'm like, holy shit. I feel good. And it, it never comes mm -hmm. off. It never happens. It happens maybe once or twice a year where you're thinking, shit, I got it. Like, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly where I'm going. I know how I'm building. I, I'm just, I'm locked it down. And I thought, I felt really good on Saturday. And then, for those that don't know, I play with a partner in DFS, Ted Schuster. And I'll, then Schuster starts calling me and hitting me up all day Saturday. <laughs> oh, we got to, oh, Rob Gronkowski. How we got to use Rob Gronkowski. And we got to do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 all day. And I'm like, Ted, I'm hanging up this phone. I'm going to by the pool. I'm going to relax. It's 100 degrees. I'm going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to relax for the first goddamn time all fucking season. And that's what I do. I'll come back. I'll, I'll rinse off and go to the, our chat room over at GuruLeet.com, and I'll have mm -hmm. my normal Saturday chat with everybody. Get in the chat room, and what the fuck? Non-stop, Tommy. Non-stop. I'm stacking these guys in cash. Stacking this guy. Do you like a giant stack or a Falcon stack or a Bengal stack or a Saint stack? And stack and stack and stack and stack and stack and stack. And I kept. That's you know, your favorite topic. For an hour, I said, I guys, you, you, you. I mean, you. I, we we set records and sales, and we've done all this stuff. And you guys know I've been in this chat room for the last couple of years every Saturday night. You know. The methodology that I that I invoke. You know what I do. You know my cash game philosophy. 
Why are you asking me, you know, if these lineups are okay when you have Boyd, Dalton, Gio? Forget that side. It's it, the other sides that they're doing. It's, like, they're, I mean, even if it worked out, yeah. you've been screaming forever. Stop stacking in cash. It was the Saints stack Always. that killed everyone, and the Giants, Giants stacks that killed everyone. The Falcons stack probably wasn't that great to anyone. The Bengals stack well, might have worked worked out actually, but. Well, I have numbers because this set me off into a tizzy. And I said, guys, I'm not doing it. And then all I kept hearing is blah, 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 fucking sacks and sacks. And I said, you know what? Obviously, I'm not, I'm doing a bad job or something's happening where I'm not getting through. So you know what, you guys? Go ahead. Stack your shit in cash game. Go ahead. Do it. I know the outcome. I know what's going to happen. Like, there's, I wasn't scared one fucking bit. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I didn't think pay lines would be quite that high, but I knew it wasn't going to work out. It had a very thin margin to work out, and sure as fuck, it did not work out. And I have the numbers right here. Average player, if you stack the Bengals, your average uh, per player was 18.5. If you stack the Falcons, it's 16.4. The Saints was 11.3. The Giants was 14.2. And the Bears, the only one that actually technically would have worked out was 19.5. If you stack the Bears, you, you would have got 176.04, which barely would have crossed the, st- the line. But guess what? Not Nobody stacked the Bears. But I'll give that one to you. So then I went back. Can we, by the way, yeah. can, I, can I mention yes. first while we're on the Bears your, your Gabriel call? Will you allow me to blow you for a uh, second? Yes, I appreciate it. In the, I don't want to interrupt your fire <laughs> here, but I feel like it's the appropriate time to bring it yeah. up. That On the No Mercy podcast last week, yep. Sir Jeffrey of Mansville did guarantee a weird touchdown, and it was Taylor Gabriel. And I hate, 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 hate giving you credit for things. I know. I, this it is painful. Kills me to my core. Yes. I like doing it privately. Yeah. I'll tell you privately. It's uncomfortable you know, to hear you say this publicly. It's just really tough to actually go out on Twitter and defend you, too. True. But I went on Twitter and posted a tweet because no one in their fucking right mind was on Taylor Gabriel last week. The No Mercy podcast broke to Jeff Mann's touchdown lock of the week with Taylor Gabriel. And all of a sudden, by Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every fucking show in the industry had Taylor Gabriel. as a. This happens every week, guys. It's the reason I started putting my articles out on Saturday night instead of Thursday night because I used to hear the same shit on SiriusXM. Word for word. So I just want to give you, Jeff Manns, the credit you deserve for being the first and really probably only person on Taylor Gabriel for real last week. So, Thank you. Great job representing the podcast. I appreciate that. that. And and for that matter, you know, my and I beyond that, I had Mitch Trubisky in my cash game article last week. In the cash game article, I wrote up Mitch Trubisky. I told people. Trubisky isn't that out, and I displayed why. Picking up first downs with his legs, the Buccaneers cannot cover, the Bears get in separation. Same reason I like Gabriel. I said, you know what? That Trubisky is a pretty decent play here as well, and sure, and obviously that fucking scorched the earth as well. And mind you, last week, Calvin Ridley was in the article as well. Mm-hmm. So we're spitting yep. some fucking fire right fire. here. Spitting fire. some goddamn fire. And Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke. You were, you were yes. more on Ezekiel Elliott than anyone ever heard. Somehow he ends up being oh. 50% owned. And- like, oh, and, and not even in cash in tournaments. I was like, wait, what? It couldn't have <laughs> even been. L- listen to this about Zeke Kelly. Our chat room, which frustrated the shit out of me, I got told in our chat room. <laughs> you got to stay out of that thing. Our, chat rooms tell me 
Oh, Zeke Elliott's a terrible play because he doesn't catch footballs. Alvin Kamara's guaranteed to catch 10 passes, which is nobody's guaranteed 10 catches. Nobody <laughs> ever, unless you're playing the Falcons. That's the only time. Nobody's guaranteed. He goes, and Zeke can't catch. I go, what the fuck? Who the fuck are you telling me? Of course he can catch. What are you talking about? If you watch Ohio State, if you watch the first three years of his career, you don't even look at what you're doing. And what does he do? He wins the game, catches a touchdown, and makes a 40-yard catch over his shoulder, Zeke Elliott, to win the game for the Cowboys. So go pound sand on all your, oh, God, got to get my pass-catching running back only. You guys fall in love with the easy way. Go fuck yourselves with your easy mm-hmm. way out. Oh, I love these receptions. It's great when it's a Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson or somebody who's a three-down back. But you guys and your fucking bullshit third-down pass catchers, get out of here with that shit because either they rack up a ton of catches or they get none. And there's no middle ground, and that makes them terrible cash plays. Nevertheless, so, yeah, mm-hmm. we're spitting fire last night. And I, I told the chat room, I can't do anything else for you. I, I, I can't do anything else for you. I, I'm out. If you're going to stack in cash, then do it. You're not listening to me. But that's fine. I, what do I know? I've only done this eight years successfully. What the fuck do I know? I only talk to a national audience every goddamn fucking day. And yet you guys all know better by some fucking miracle chat. Okay, I'll go swim in my fucking pool, drive my fucking Mercedes, and fucking enjoy the fruits of my goddamn <laughs> life while you guys fucking try to you know find You're out how to give a top fifty percent lineup. Go ahead. Free fantasy videos on Twitch from people who don't even play DFS. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what I yell at our subs all the time oh. because I scour around and kind of glance at stuff all over the industry. Yes. I do that on purpose sure. to go against it. Right. Like That's what I do. Where the group thinks and, and, at. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to know where the group thinks at as a GPP player. But I tell these kids, you're subscribed to us. We are the best. It is not even close. GuruElite.com is the best. We've literally another week in the books where we actually scorched on our picks. We're the best. Yes. You're paying a lot of money to be here, too. Yes. We're also the most expensive. Exactly. Okay? And we take that so, so gonna, seriously. Yeah. If you're going to pay all that fucking money, don't – because a couple of my friends do this, yes. too, and I won't name their names on air, but I have two friends who what? scour the free shit, and then they'll come to me like, well, but, you know, I heard stuff. a lot of people talking about – no, no, don't bring that shit from that company over here. That's a garbage take. If you're paying all this fucking money at GuruElite.com – and you're fucking having success, and we're giving you win. Stay the fuck off all these other fucking stupid sites. Like, I had a whole conversation about how you can never play anyone but a running back in the flex. This was a whole big thing because yes. someone wrote an article about yeah. it at another company that the last three millimakers because had a running back in the flex. Because the millimaker, which is It's, it's a three-day sample contact. size. Yes. It was fucking only play wide receivers in the, pla- in the flex for fucking three years. Then it was... Tight ends have the best value. You have to play a tight end in the flex because you're getting $3,500 players that would be $5,500 if they were receivers. It's the best value. Got to go two tight ends. Now after three weeks, got to go two running. No. You got to go with the person who fits within your salary who you think is going to score the most points. It doesn't matter if that's a tight end, a wide receiver, a running back. We talked about it last week, Jeff. You said they're going to start right tackles in the flex in a week or two. Like, just stop. Listening to people who suck at fantasy. Guys, just, there is not. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you this straight the fuck out. This is just how it is. You will not find better analysis. Point goddamn blank. And I, I'm not saying that to be conceited or against anybody else. But there is not another motherfucker in this industry that's putting in the time with, uh, with football that I am. Not a fucking person anywhere, anywhere. I will take on anybody 
anytime, anyhow, with a football conversation and break it down for him. Anybody. Because it's just not possible. Don't fuck around. And it's okay. If you don't like my my style or Tommy's style or any of our style, that's cool. That's a Jeff, different conversation. But, but don't this. start jumping around like Tommy's saying. Don't take one-eighth of what I say and one-eighth of what Tommy says and one-eighth of whatever the fucking Joe Schmo Freebie McGee freaking t- says. And, and all of a sudden, you're trying to do this whole fucking piece. And next thing you know, it's a jigsaw puzzle that none of the pieces fit. It's just bad form. Stop we doing it. built this company. From zero. Intentionally to present uh, from nothing, yeah, zero. basically. Nothing. From nothing, absolutely yeah. zero, to a multi-million dollar company, the biggest in the industry. And basically the plan that, that me and you sat down with, that I started with, and then we brought you on, and we had all these people here. The plan was, let's have enough super talented heavyweight content providers mm-hmm. that our people don't need to go anywhere else. Right. Tommy G, Kevin Adams, Jeff Manns, Jeff Collins, Draft Cheat, Ted Schuster, Ray Flowers, MLB Model, Preston Johnson, Benny Riccardi, Vlad Sedler, Irado, Kenneth Lee, Nick Rodriguez, Thad Houston, Brock Miller, Trevor, uh, Jesus, golf man. Like, <laughs> we literally have the Golden State Warriors times five. Yes. There's like 125 live final seats. Yes. There's literally multi. If you had to count the amount of six-figure days that our staff has had, individually it's probably like flirting with 50 to 100 i don't even know like so why did then you have all everyone's doing content everyone's writing articles everyone's doing shows why do you need to go elsewhere don't bring that shit no. into our house no. leave it out there yep. leave it out for fucking let the fish free go on suck Twitter. up on it let, let the you, yeah. you guys have to understand when I see some of these plays our subs did, I'm like, who I gave know. that? I watch all our shows. Holy that was not shit. on our show. Every, Where did you get this play from? And the, and the thing is, from my my specific piece of it, and it's one of the reasons when I came aboard here, despite two live final wins, tons of qualifiers, I, you know, you and I sat down. It's like, man, we're, we're on the shows together. You are the king of GPPs, and I'll put you against anybody anytime, anywhere, as far as tournaments are concerned. So what I was making money off to, f- to even feed my habit of GPPs was cash games. So why not? I just I will just take this role. I will just smash this role. I'm going to be the cash game guy. I'm going to evolve my theories. I'm going to express my theories. I'm going to teach. I'm going to preach, and I'm going to do that cash game shit. So, and that's what I'm entrusted with every fucking week, every fucking day, whether it's baseball, football, whatever. So don't come to me and tell me how fucking... You're stacking a cash game one time last summer worked out for you, and that's the new norm. When I have eight years to back this shit up, I've done right. this forever. Don't stack and cash. And I went back, Tommy. I went back like I do. I spent four hours ignoring my family on a Monday night, and I all I locked myself in a room and went through all 50 games played on main slates the first four weeks. <laughs> I went through every fucking game, and I, I could tell you straight out, you know how many grand times that stacking – in cash would have worked out? How many? Eight. Eight times. And I got it right here. The Saints in week one. The Jaguars in week two. Vikings in week two. Chiefs in week two. Barely because I gave the Sammy Watkins. I gave them Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins. The Saints in week three. Falcons week three. Rams week three. And only the Bears in week four. That's eight times out of 100 possible teams you could have stacked in cash that it would have worked out. Now, people will argue and say, well, you only could stack four. And if you, what I did is I took the four. I took your the core four, the best four. I gave every benefit of the doubt. 
and I came up with the price per player for every player, and I projected it out as if the whole lineup was like that. And I know people right. say, well, you could have got so-and-so and listen, so-and-so. every piece of data, there's someone who can turn around. Yeah. And, well, if, but, and they could say, well, if you use these two guys or these four guys and then use you know, these other perfect storm, yeah, right, yeah. but guess what? If you didn't stack and you use those perfect storm guys, that yes, also exactly. works. That's the point. So, again, point. it works. Eight out of 100. It's eight fucking percent. If you want – if the only reason to play cash games is that you win more often, even though you get a lower return, you might win more often. That's the whole draw. That's the whole idea. You could win 50%, double your money, at, you know, having a 50% lineup. If you want to go and take an approach that is proven 8% effectiveness, go do it. Go, and I cannot help you with it. And I won't help you with it. There's no way for me to buy in to an 8% effectiveness rate. It's not going to happen for me. Period. End of discussion. Fuck. <laughs> so anyway, that, that, all right. glad, you, glad you got Thank that off you. your chest. Thank you. All right. Now let's be a little more positive Fuck. towards a negative. But okay. at one point, uh, you were up 160. And we're going to get into all the football stuff in a second. So let's buzz through this. But you were up about 169 grand yes. heading into the night games. And I believe it was OB, OBJ and Callaway that fucked you, right? I, I was up 169000 at the top and going in after the first set of games with Camara, OBJ, Antonio Callaway, all up to go. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I, Eddie Motz was up 169000 at the same point. Yeah. But he was done. Oh, you know, okay. he didn't, he didn't so have he all those. just watched it go. Right. So he was just watching well, it. And so, I mean, I, I mean, me and Ted were calling. We're like, holy shit. Because we had a chance. We were trying to calculate. We're like, this could be a 300000 plus day right. if certain things were, you know. Best case scenario in the OBJ world. OBJ goes if Kamara does what he did. Right. OBJ goes for you know a buck thirty and one, yeah. and then Callaway just has one big play. Right. Exactly. You're probably looking. And at, probably and looking of course and, and and the rest of the scoring wasn't so crazy because then the, the right. four late games. Yeah. I mean, goddamn, fucking everybody. The, the the San Francisco Chargers game racked up. The fucking uh, Cleveland Oakland game. Browns game at eighty two points and over. I mean, come yes, on. Like, it Jesus just kept fucking. going and going and going. So. Yeah, it was a very profitable week, but man, Odell Beckham really hurt, and the ownership of Camara. Like you know, quite frankly, I thought paying up for Camara would be a little. I, I knew he'd be high, but I didn't know he's going to be like sixty, seventy percent. And that's okay. that's where I, I'm like, shit, really? I thought it was going to yeah. be like thirty, forty. Um, on that, yeah. I would have. He been- was thirty in cash. He was thirty in GPPs. I mean, was it thir- on yeah. large field GPPs? I yeah, suppose. yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so I mean, great week. I won over sixteen grand again. Uh, it's thir- second week in a row over fifteen. So very happy with the results thus far this season. Had three out of four wins in cash games. And by the way, clean sweep in cash. Even though it was sort of, it got a lot closer down down the stretch because cash lines were so high. But again, mm-hmm. did not stack. And what do you know? I got seven extra points compared to some of those who did those Bengal stacks. And guess what? Those seven points were exactly what was needed. I, I only needed four of those points, so I got three bonus. Right. That little difference, that little snippet, was the difference between cashing and not. What a fucking revelation. Yep. The funny thing, too, another one of those really popular stacks from last week was Cleveland. Everyone was like Baker yes. and Landry, and you know, and honestly, none of them really did anything. We're, we're in a time right now which is a very interesting time to be alive for <laughs> fantasy in that if your quarterback – Usually we were like, fuck quarterback, you know, who cares about quarterback? You know, they're going to score between 18 and 28. We're in a time now where it's like, if your quarterback doesn't get you 30 plus, you're probably fucked. Yeah. Like that's, 
there's 400-yard passing days. At Trubisky, 46 points. Matt Ryan scored like 33 points. Derek Carr scored like 38. Now, there's a lot of options to do it, but uh, quarterbacks are really leading the charge because when you got quarterbacks throwing for 450 yards nowadays, like that used to never happen two years ago, you know he's bringing one or two of his wide receivers to the promised land with him, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you're not only getting that, you know, Trubisky, Trubisky spread it out a lot. That was one of those weird situations where it's like all every single person caught but a touchdown all on the do. team. Right? Luck spread it out. Right. Golf spread it out. Cousins, yep. not as much. You get pretty guys. Carr spread it out. Watson mm-hmm. even spread it out a little bit more. Matt Ryan had it much more spread. Even Sanu was involved. It's like. Yep. There's just more. There's more guys. Right. Yeah. So when you get. But uh, what we're So you had You had that happen to you. I managed to finish off the. Uh, I hope it's done. The complete trifecta of heartbreak. Um, three oh of my first my four weeks. Now, keep in mind, I've had good weeks. Um, this week was actually one of those weeks that pissed me off because my best lineup was my chalk hit so hard this week that it's like I did my main lineup and then I tried to get contrarian on the rest. And you, you kind of had to be on a lot of the chalk in order for it to hit in order to do really well. So I was in a situation where I built my lineup on Monday. I might have even said it on the No Mercy pod where I was like, my lineup's been built since Monday. Yeah. And I'm not touching it. Right. And I even, I mean, on the show, people can understand on our site, like I, they basically knew exactly what the lineup was. It was Andy Dalton, Gio Bernard, Ezekiel Elliott, Tyler Boyd, Sterling Shepard, uh, uh, Calvin Ridley, Burton or Njoku, whichever one, Kamara and the Bears. That was my exact lineup from Monday. I literally went, boop, 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 boop. There it is. It's done. So what do I do at 12.30 p.m. on Sunday? I have the text screenshotted with Kevin Adams to prove it, Uh-oh. and I have the update in my article Uh-oh. to show it, too. Uh-oh. It's like, you know what? This lineup is way too chalky. I think every one of these players outside of Burton could be 30% owned. I'm going to go Geronimo, Allison, Kirk, and Breeze instead of Dalton, Boyd, and Ridley. That cost me 51 points. I still scored 195, even with that horrific swap. and would have scored like 252. Taking home probably six figures and another live final seat or two. So the first week, Fournette injury, lost by seven points, lost the seat. Last week, two weeks ago, was 1.7 point loss for the live final that you know about. And this week, it was the uh, the much-hated last-minute swap before I left for the Giants game. Still did okay. I lost a little bit this week, but I felt like my analysis was amazing. The subs won. My article was on fire. I just made a couple of decisions that really fucked me, so... At least there's a positive there that the subs killed off. Go right back out. and listen to our live stream from Friday night over at GuruLeet.com, folks. Just go listen to it. I mean, you don't know. I understand. People are going to be like, oh, you guys are blowhards and stuff like that. For one, we have to be. Don't forget. We have to be because everybody, all the misinformation that Tommy was talking about before, all the bullshit people who don't even watch games on Sunday, don't even fucking research any of this shit, don't even know who's on what team. Like, all that shit's out there, so we have to be louder than other folks. Right. Don't take our advice. Don't take our word for yeah, it. No, on the pod. We, don't, we don't pull them down like other sites. No, other sites take their shit There's down. no editing. You can go back ever. to 2016 Hell yeah, you can. and see my week two DFS yep. article t- if yep. you want, yep. and then cross-reference it with the stats. We leave everything up. For anyone who comes up, yeah, we, we and go listen to it. It's right there for you, and there's no editing, nothing, nothing different about it. It's right there, raw. And then also, if you don't believe us, fine. 
Look at what the subs are doing. The, the ones who actually are listening and buying in. Look at every freaking week this year. We've had multiple six-figure hits by our subs. And, and just do the Elite Ma- do elite Mafia on Twitter hashtag or Instagram. Elite hashtag Elite Mafia. Just search it. Just search it. Any, just search on any social media and see what they're doing. Don't even take our word for it. I mean, if, I know we sound like blowhards sometimes, but shit. You guys kind of got to understand the reason it gets frustrating when we hear, oh, I, I went against your advice that was fucking well, fire, and I lost. <laughs> the, Who's the fault? The frustrating is thing is, and, and we'll get off this. We don't want this pod to be too much about just us. Do right? it all but, about us. Yeah, we should. But <laughs> the one thing you will, if you'd like to go back to something, go back to the No Mercy episode me and you did after week two when we both said we sucked and we fucking yes. are sorry yeah. and we fucking hurt everyone yeah. and we can't believe we lost. So. Three good weeks, one bad week, but on the bad weeks, we do own it too. So let's get into a little bit of the, I mean, there's so much stuff to cover here that I want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, the gambling went great this week. I thought I was 9-4-1 and one this weekend, up 12 units, was 5-0 and oh after the early game. Subs killed in the gambling. Uh, so we did a great job there. We all won our survivor picks. That was good. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, we talked about with you. But I want to get into some of this kind of, you know, some players that we need to worry about and we need to look at. I have a bunch of players. This is more seasonal, but it'll apply to daily too. Just some guys that we need to figure out if these guys are for real, what's going on with them. The first one I'm going to start with is Leonard Fournette. Um, we'll try and do a rapid fire with this. We did a little bit of this last week, but it's, we got to kind of do it almost every week with the ever-changing landscape. So Leonard Fournette going forward. I mean, this was probably my best prediction. Uh, maybe it'll go down as one of my best predictions ever that Leonard Fournette, who everyone was like, he's going to be a bruiser, this and that. I said, this motherfucker is just constantly going to be hurt. And he didn't have a long track record of injury at LSU from the box scores. But if you watched the games, you saw him limp off every game. So he played in them all, but he was constantly dinged up. And I was like, he's not going to last in the NFL. What are we doing with this guy, Jeff? TJ Yeldon obviously is someone that you need to have, you should have as a handcuff. We yell about this all the time. Yeah. But what, what's your take on Fournette, and are you looking to trade him Especially, right now? Especially, you got to handcuff with a guy who's as fragile as Leonard Fournette. And I hope Fournette just stay, keep him down. Like, put him down eight weeks. Right. Rest, do all the rest you want. Because TJ Elder right now, Tommy, is number 10 running back in, a P, in PPR formats in all of fantasy football. He's number 10, and he's only has two starts. I mean, that, that's what yep. is absolutely – and there's no monster games even. He's actually sixth if you look at guys like Bob Long and his consistency ratings for 2018. So that's the amazing thing there. Would I, I would try to get out of Dodge. If, I, if I'm a Fournette owner and I have Fournette naked without, uh, without TJ Yeldon, yeah. At the, you, you just got to get the fuck out. Just get out. He is not – this guy is who Tommy said he was coming out of LSU. He, it's never going to happen. Play, it's like Percy Harvin. Remember all those years I ranted about Percy yep. Harvin? Yep. Like the guy, some guys don't want to be no, a part No, your of most famous one was Woodhead. And Woodhead, <laughs> yes. Well, Remember I mean, Woodhead? But there's, Every year, everyone would be like, Woodhead! And you'd be like, don't do it! Stop <laughs> with the Danny Woodhead. Yeah, and this year, I mean, the the modern version of the one, how many of you guys are sitting on freaking Devontae Parker? I mean, this right. guy, another guy, he simply doesn't want to play. He wants to play games. That's it. But he doesn't want to practice. He doesn't want to get in shady. shape. He doesn't want to do any of that shit. Yeah, shady, shady now. Shady back in the day was right. a little right. bit better. But yeah, exactly. Once it passes him by, it's over. These guys are done. And and Fournette's this he's the king of wanting to opt out. He opts out of every fucking game. And it's it's nauseating. So yeah, if I am What do you get for him in a trade? What would you take for him? Um I, I would you know, perfect. Like, would you take Lamar Miller for him right now? 
Yes, I think I would. Just to get out would of you Dodge, take, and then what I would right? do? You you would probably go Lamar Miller for Fournette right yeah, now. Yeah, and right? I try to get Dante Foreman when he comes back in a couple weeks as well. So like, so yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I need you need a warm body. If you don't, sounds have crazy, Delvin, but like, I mean, how long are you going to deal with this? Yeah, you can't. You know? And it, listen, if you're four and zero, all right, I get it. Three and one. Yeah, no, no. Maybe. If you're four and zero, yeah. Listen, a lot of the stuff we say when we're talking about seasonal, especially. If you're four and zero, this doesn't apply to you. Yeah. If you're four and zero, go give go give dollar for dollar. Go give a a dollar ten for a dollar for Le'Veon Bell. Right. right. Go just bury the next two weeks and then have Lev from week eight on. You know, you know, go sit on Fournette and hope they bench him for a while. You have time to wait. This is really for the two and two, one and three teams. You know that that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's also not for the zero and four because zero and four you have to do totally drastic shit. Yeah, you got and take chances. But yeah, I think I'm with you there. I mean, I hated him coming in, Jeff, yeah. and I got stuck with him on my one league, cool. which is my worst league. And it, it, he fell to me at the 17 pick. It was one of those situations where I'm like, I, how do I not take Fournette right. at the 17th pick overall? It did, but of course, it fucks me in the well, ass. Here, like here's the other ass. thing that really is a problem, and. They lost their left tackle, Cam Robinson, for the season two weeks ago. This week, they lost their starting center, Brandon Lindor, who is a plus-plus run blocker as well. He's got a back injury. Now, they're saying Lindor will be okay. He should be all right. It's not a long-term thing. Fine. But a back injury to a center, I'm just doing that math. And losing two-fifths of your offensive line is not a good scenario. And it really isn't. So, all right. of a sudden, the, I was in on Fournette to start the season. I did say to handcuff him, though, in defense yep. of me because I knew he would break down at some point. I didn't think it would be week one and four, but you know, and that's why I'm now out on him. But I don't think we'll get the same results from him either way with the deficiencies of the offensive line. So there, it's more than just having to wait. Now it's, okay, we're going to get a little bit less return than we originally thought as well. So if you don't have Yeldon, I am going to trade him. Get a commodity that you can come in and produce starting in week five. Yep, I agree with you on that. Uh, another situation that's a hot button, it's kind of kind of dovetail into two topics here. James Conner, um, this, this I will. Me and you have argued this oh, yes. about Le'Veon Bell's importance. Um, and I think it started off where you were extreme W after week one. I think I'm... I don't know if you're starting to waver and understand his importance or you still think he's extremely overrated. But with Connor right now, you got about two more weeks left of Connor before he basically goes on the shelf in favor of Le'Veon Bell. Guess it's three parts. One, obviously the Le'Veon Bell owners are not trading him right now. Unless you could find a Le'Veon Bell owner on a team that's 0-4, right? Or even 1-3 might be desperate enough, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can go get Le'Veon Bell because they have to win now. Um, what do you trade Connor for? Because obviously you want to try and get rid of him now that he's got a couple weeks left. You want to try and give him to an 0-4 team, 1-3 team. What's kind of his value? What's his role going to be when Lev comes back? Are we all of a sudden going to see him getting 5-10 to 10 carries? Is he going to be just relegated to the bench and it's going to be the Lev show again? And then what do we think about Le'Veon Bell saying he's coming back week 7 um, uh, for the buy list to start working out You know, with a 1-2-1 and team? And he says he's ready now. So a lot of topics here on this Pittsburgh front. Yeah, and I think this reminds me of the Zeke Elliott issue from a year ago where we don't exactly know when he's going to be coming back, if he's going to be coming, when he's going out, if he's coming back, who's going to be getting what role when he does. It, it is a very fluid situation. But this is why after that week one, I went and told everybody, and I screamed about it, trade every counter owner should have traded for Le'Veon Bell then. 
You are never going to have those guys at more of a disadvantage than right then. You should have done it then. And now the tide has turned again. So now the bell owners, if you didn't listen before, now you guys should go acquire James Conner right now. Because Mm -hmm. I will tell you this. There is, I stand, I will stand firm in that Le'Veon Bell to James Conner is a zero difference. There is right. no difference in my mind. I, I vehemently disagree with you. We've had this argument yes. for four years. I, I will. Um, let me. I vehemently disagree. Let me throw numbers. Uh, I know. Four weeks. <laughs> four weeks last year, Le'Veon Bell totaled 422 yards, and that was after a 180-yard performance in Week Four. You know how many James Conner has this year? 396. 26 less yards. And he hasn't had that big. You know how many receptions Love Bell had after four games last year? Eighteen. Know how many James Conner has? Eighteen. It's it, they are the same production. They're the same thing right there for you. This this idea that the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers. I called that they were going to be a very very regressive team this year because their offensive line got old last year when um, and now they're hurt. They've lost uh, Dawson. They've lost uh, uh, Marco, whatever the left guard's name is. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that. And then ever since Ryan Shazier has gone down, this defense has been garbage. And their secondary is old and flat and doesn't have any speed to keep up with the modern game. So the problems with the Steelers are way beyond Le'Veon Bell, James Conner. Way beyond it. In terms of pass to run, they are throwing the ball 70% of the time. Number one in the National Football League, they're not running the football. So he's not getting the reps that Le'Veon Bell even got a a year ago. So all of this, Le'Veon Bell's not the problem for the Steelers. But that, again, different conversation. I know you disagree with how good Le'Veon Bell is. But right now, you guys have an obligation. You've got to go out there, and you've got to, if you're a Bell owner— Get James Conner now because the Conner guys are down. You have to take advantage when it's time because Le'Veon Bell's teammates have spoken out against him, folks. The entire offensive line shit all over his face. All right, There, there is absolutely, positively zero guarantee that just because he says I'm here that he plays one fucking game. Zero guarantee. It may play all of them. He may play none of them. Maybe half. We don't know. So that's why you have to strike now. Get them both. That way, whatever happens, you're good to go, even if you have to overpay. Connor owners should already have Bell. Shouldn't be an issue. Told you that before. Bell owners, you should go get Connor right now on the cheap while you can because all the Steelers have to do is issue one press release saying, yeah, that's nice you're coming back in the bye week, but you're not playing. And, and all hell breaks loose again. Don't fucking play this game of chicken with your entire 28 season, folks. 2018 season. Drives me crazy when people do this, Tommy. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, we always just assume we know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's where sometimes being too sharp and too smart and too analytical can hurt you. Sure. And that's one of the things we see with people starting like Ryan Griffin and Rhett Ellison and things like that. Like, Sometimes you could be too cute going, here's what's supposed to happen and here's what should happen. So I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket. You know, and, and that doesn't happen that way. So right now, at the beginning of the season, everyone's like, oh, well, Le'Veon Bell is only going to miss one game, if anything. And I was, I was yelling to everyone along with you, like, what if he misses the whole season? No, 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 no. He's, right. You draft him with the three picks. Stop overreacting. No one ever misses fucking games. And I'm like, dude, do, do you not, you're not paying attention here. You're, you're not thinking. 
And it's the same thing now. It's like, well, Le'Veon Bell is going to come back in and be Le'Veon Bell. Well, you know, he has had notoriously slow starts like he did. That's why I will differ with the Connor argument for Lev Bell, even though your stats are great on it. I will say that Lev kind of walked in cold. So those first few games were probably a little lower than what we could have expected. But that's kind of what you should expect going forward when he comes back in week eight. Like, if we, if we assume the first three weeks were going to be slow because they've always been when he misses time, which he has multiple times, then why wouldn't we assume week 8, 9, and 10 are going to be slow and we not, might not get true Lev Bell till week 11, you know? And by so, then, teams could be completely out of it. Yeah, there, there's totally – yeah, right. And then this team could – I mean, Jesus, they're 1-2-1 and one right now. They have two tough games coming up. Yeah. I think they have Cincinnati and Atlanta, or they have Atlanta and They have, Atlanta, they have Atlanta, which is a great matchup for Connor, by the way. And then they have Cincinnati, right. Cleveland. They could be 1-4-1. Mm-hmm. and one. Right. Going Like, they could lose to Atlanta. They could lose to Cincinnati. And we've seen what Cleveland and Baker – I mean, those are tough teams that they're playing. Those aren't cakewalks right, right. now. Carolina, so, I mean, Jacksonville, they could be Denver. Two wins. I mean, none of these – Right. And then if they lose one or two games, Lev could just quit. Oh, yeah. And just be like, fuck this. I'm not fucking going to risk injury on a fucking two and five team. Like, so, yeah, there's a lot of variables that can happen here. I, I agree with you 100%. I think Connor is someone that you should already have on your team if you're a Le- Bell owner. You need to get him right now. And everything should have been done before. And you're fucking idiots if you just sat there praying. Um, my boy Z, who's actually really good at fantasy and a good friend of mine, is a really light at running back and a James Connor owner. And what's the text I got this morning? I need a running back. I'd say, well, <laughs> yep. Now you got Connor, who's not that valuable in a couple of weeks. Sorry. Right. So now, now you're dealing from a position of weakness. God. You know, a week and a half ago, I I started one and two because I just ran into buzz saws the first two weeks. I'd have given you the farm for James Connor for eight weeks more. Now. I don't fucking want anything to do with them, and See? I'm going to take advantage of you because you're desperate. So, exactly. you know, Dude, we- why is it so hard for people to understand? I mean, that's the you and I make no mistake. Like, I, I don't fancy myself as a smart guy. Like, I'm just a mediocre, intelligent guy or whatever. And no one fancies yeah, you as a smart I, guy. Thank though. you, Tommy. And, and yeah. likewise, just wanted to make sure. Good, you're clear. Thank God. But yeah, seriously, no one in the world. But it's one I concept. Can't. Why people let their emotions play them so hard. They, 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 nobody understands that when something is going great. Not, that is when they're at peak value. Sell that commodity off at that point. And when something's going low, but you still believe, buy it up. Buy as many shares as you can because then it just goes up. It's a pretty simple concept, but people at their emotions get so, so attached and so control them. And I can't believe we go around and around every fucking week with this Le'Veon Bell scenario. You're right. Why wasn't this all done? Why hasn't it this should. been taken care of? And here's where guys like me and you have an advantage. Because we are always trying to be ahead of the curve, right? Like, that's the one thing we're always constantly doing. Um, Me, sometimes to a fault, right? Where it's like, I want to be so far ahead of the curve that I want to be the first one on everything. Where sometimes you'll be like, I need a little more data before I make that decision, right? But, you know, we we have to look at these situations. I still stand on my Mahomes stance that, like, you need to be getting rid of him right now. And meanwhile, the topic in every single sports channel today was, is Mahomes the best quarterback in the NFL? That's the topic. It's not about is he good, is he elite, is he going to do this? And I think what people are are failing to remember, and yes, dude, the kid is a star. We say this every week on this show, right? Like, I'm more impressed with him every week. 
But last night, Jeff, I was so hungover from Monday <laughs> that I fell asleep at halftime of that game. Oh. Okay, I woke up this morning and rewatched the end of it and saw the whole thing. I fell asleep at halftime. At halftime, everyone was going, yards. here comes the regression. This kid sucks. Oh, yeah, they were. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course. He had 65 yards passing at the half. Yep. So imagine my surprise to wake up to the morning seeing titles on sports shows. Is Mahomes the best quarterback in ever? And is he number? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I went to bed going, okay, that experiment's over. And I woke up going, wow, this kid's throwing left-handed passes fucking at the end of the game and, and won. Let's not forget right now, Mahomes has 1,173 yards, 14 touchdowns, and no interceptions. That's insane, Jeff. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, That's insane. But in case you forgot, which you've remembered, reminded people oh, before, last year, someone named Alex Smith oh. had more total yards uh-huh. than Mahomes, if you count the rushing yards that he had, true. and eight touchdowns and no interceptions. And no one in the free world was talking about Alex Smith being the best quarterback in the history of football. So we know what happens to the Chiefs after they start off hot. I still need to see it to say he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Where would you put Mahomes? Where would you rank him as far as skill set right now this year? Is he the best quarterback in the NFL? And where is he if he's not? No chance that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And the reasons that he's not is multiple. For one, the sample size, I I still, I'm still trying to recover from Deshaun Watson's the greatest player in the NFL. Like that just, we just got over it. Does anybody else see? Dak Prescott was the greatest player in the NFL. And Dak Prescott at one point. Like it it just never ends, guys. And you guys aren't understanding. You're being force fed this information. Showtime. Uh, you're being forced this shit because the major fucking suit and tie media out there are telling you how to think and when to think and who to think it about. It's absolutely crazy. Mahomes is doing phenomenal. Fantastic. Right now, he's playing as good as anybody in the NFL. Sure. But God damn it. Th- this defensive coordinators, defensive back coaches and you know players, they are looking, everybody on the Chiefs schedule is doing nothing but looking, how do we stop this guy? How do we stop this guy? And guess what? Bronco stopped him. Bronco stopped him pretty goddamn good. And if those numbers, if the numbers he put up last night against a better defense, a defense, by the way, Joe Flacco torched. I mean, let's just say right. it. Joe Flacco put a better number. So <laughs> this whole Can thing- we talk about the fact that Joe Flacco has more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes? No, you can't say that, Tommy. We can't say that, No, you right? can't okay. say that anybody's better because nobody's ever been better. Because they've it's never Ryan seen Ryan Fitzpatrick has 15, what is it, 150 more yards yes. than Mahomes and just got benched. And he got benched in <laughs> favor of James Winston. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it just never ends with this. It, listen, Mahomes is very good. He's looking great. I love the fact Andy Reid sits down with him in between. You never see that, by the way, in real – like, it never happens. And the reason right. Andy Reid has to do it is because he, he, the kid doesn't know that much. He's very raw. They're still learning, and it's wonderful. But he's getting better. But, goddamn, they are going to scheme against you. And all these guys – Joe Flacco, one point, was the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Matt Stafford, one point, the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton – Fucking Dak Prescott, like Tommy said. Uh, um, Deshaun Watson, just 
Blake Bortles before the Jaguars got good. Blake Bortles was changing the game. Remember with A Rob and Alan Hearns? Those big years, yeah. he threw 5,000 yards. Like, he was great. Eli Manning was once the greatest. Like, we, Jimmy Garoppolo was just Russell the Wilson was going to be the best quarterback in history. Right. I mean, it happens all the time. All the right? time. So let's but, I mean, chill it's the fuck just, out with How this can stuff. the same people, Always it's the same the people who scream about sample size. Yes. Who scream about it. Like, you don't even have enough in a whole football season to make an assessment. We always have to use last two years or three years. Like, there's people in that crowd who, when it works in their favor, will immediately just fucking spin on their head and say, nope, because I believed this was going to happen coming in. This is what happened coming in. So, with Mahomes, listen, this is not a bashing of Mahomes. I think the kid's a star. I think he's going to be a star. I think he's more than just an athletic quarterback with an arm. I really like his decision-making. He's got good vision. He throws very well on the run. Everything about him is great. But to call him the best quarterback in the NFL after four weeks when he is the 11th most passing yards in the NFL? (laughs) 11th most passing yards. Hold on. Hold on. He has the 11th most passing yards in the NFL and the 19th best completion percentage Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Marcus Mariota with three fingers has a higher completion percentage. Nick Foles has a higher completion percentage. Andy Dalton. Carson Wentz obviously only played a couple games. I mean, you're talking about, like, he's 19th and 11th in two major categories. He doesn't rush for any yards. 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions is fucking incredible. There's no arguing that. But, I mean, the best quarterback in the NFL, he's 12th in yards per game. 12th in the NFL. Like, you can't be putting this kid at Jared Goff's better than him right now. And, and I don't even think it's close that Jared Goff's better. Why is Jared Goff so good? Why is Ben Roethlisberger throwing, leading the NFL in yards this year? Why is Kirk Cousins number three? The same reason why Mahomes is in that conversation. Kirk Cousins has Stephon Diggs, pass catching backs and Adam Thielen. Jared Goff has Cooks, Woods, and all these other studs, Cooper Cup. Ben Roethlisberger has Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, James Washington, and Connor. Mahomes has Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt, and Connor. That's why. Take this kid. Let's see Kelsey go down for the year. And let's see him do the same thing. Let's see Tyreek Hill. Let's see him go to a normal amount of weapons instead of this exorbitant amount of weapons that he has. Joe Flacco's thrown for 1,250 yards, eight touchdowns, and two interceptions with more yards per game and, and leading a team with Willie Sneed, Smokey Brown, and Michael Crabtree, who's 100 years old. Come on. Like, yes. That's more impressive to me than what anyone else is doing. And I called it, by the way, in the preseason. The Flacco but thing you did, yes. The Flacco thing I was all over. I said it'd be a top 15 quarterback. I said take him all over the place. It, it's, and it's and not, no, no one started. Like you said, it's not about taking anything necessarily away from Mahomes. It's about putting it in perspective. And, be real. And you have to. Yeah, exactly. Guys, you, you're it's a star. force-fed it's, this shit. Like, it looks like he's going to be a star. Just leave it at that. But, but here's the thing. And I, I, every time somebody wants to challenge me on that, I say the same thing. I said, why? Tell me why is he going to be star? And number one, everything, everything, everybody says is arm strength. And I go, name me the last guy. And, and I went back and I posted a screenshot two weeks ago. Tom Brady scouting portfolio, portfolio coming out of the University of Michigan. Not a good arm, weak arm. 
He still has a weak arm. He's had a weak arm his whole life. Peyton Manning had a weak arm. Eli Manning, weak arm. It doesn't fucking matter. Ryan Leaf had a cannon. Jamarcus Russell had a cannon. It's not the arm. The arm is absolutely... Michael Vick had one of the best Michael arms Vick. in the history of the league. Like, irrelevant about the arm. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. It's, I wouldn't it say is, it's irrelevant. It is a borderline irrelevant. Like, I wouldn't say it's irrelevant. I, it, well, here's it, if it you helps. had your arm, it helps. Yes, that, or my arm, it, it would be bad. Right. But if you have any caliber NFL level quarterback, if you are able to make it into the NFL as a quarterback, you have you have arm strength. That's never going to be a debate. Nobody's ever been fucking Chad Pennington's the only guy I'll ever hear that had the worst arm I've ever seen in my life. That is a bad arm. Every other quarterback, every backup, everybody's got a good arm. It's not about the arm. It's what do you do with that arm? Right. You could it's have the head. a gun. It's the head. Yes, exactly. It's, it's not like, listen, yes. I'll take a head. And, and this is where I don't want, I don't want, I know what you're saying. Yes. But I don't want people to confuse it that an arm means nothing. Right. If you right. have an arm and a head. Dangerous. Then it's, it's tremendously dangerous. And Dan Marino had a cannon. Yes. And a head, right? Jan Marino has one of the strongest arms in NML history, for those of you too young to remember. But, you know, that's a comment. You can't have just an arm like Jamarcus Russell, like Michael Vick. Like God. If you have an arm, a head, and legs, well, then you have a whole then different a situation. Yeah. The most important thing is the head. The second most important thing is the scheme. Yes. And the third you. most important thing is the talent around you. Yes. So realistically, it goes head, yes. scheme, talent around you, and then arm. Totally agree. So he has a great head. Yep. I'll give you that. So far for his for so his age, we'll especially. We'll see what happened, but we. I don't right. think and I liked his yet. head. That's one of the things I liked about him. He seemed like a smart kid. Yeah, he does. College. He really. Like, he seems I, like I he's never doubted that he had the head. You don't doubt it. But he is in the most optimal scheme right now. Yep. That usually collapses around midseason to the end of the season. So let's give it a full a full season. And he's got more talent around him, or as much as any single person in the NFL. Matthew Stafford was a laughing stock in the NFL for a long time. Matthew Stafford was Mr. Pick Six, right? Mr. Shoulder Separation too. Right. Everyone would make fun of Stafford like, oh, here's a guy who should be so much better and fucking will never win anything. He's going to throw for 40,000 yards and he's going to throw 20 interceptions every year. All of a sudden, the last two or three years, Matt Stafford's a 4,500 guy, 4,529 guy, 4,530 guy with only nine or ten picks. Well, why? Because now he's got Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones. Like he, he didn't have that in 2013. So he had Megatron and basically nothing else, right? So, so yeah, we got to keep everything in perspective when it comes to Mahomes. But, I mean, listen, sell high on him right now. And the reason you can sell high on him right now, Jeff, of the top 12 quarterbacks this week, of the top 12 quarterbacks this week in fantasy, guess how many of them were available in my 20-round draft high-stakes home league, seasonal league, 12 teams. So this is a thin waiver wire normally. Of the top 12 quarterbacks that produced this week, guess how many of them were on the waiver wire? Four. Five. Oh, damn. <laughs> you had Bortles, you had Flacco, you had Trubisky. All these guys were on the fucking waiver wire. Mm -hmm. So, like we always say, Trade Mahomes for as much as you can get right now because it's going to start to regress. It's going to start to come back down. Uh, some other guys here. What are we doing with Dalvin Cook? Are we happy that they put him on a pitch count? Is he going to be on another pitch count? Do we want to sell him? What are we looking at? Here? I'm always of the mind. I, I'd rather not have him on the pitch count. I'd rather, like, if his leg broke. Just leave him out. Just, just let, like, let him die. Oh like, I'd, you know, get what you can, let him die, and we'll march to a different drum. I hate having these guys hang over us like this and have to worry about – what 
you know, where those carries come from. Are they going to come between the 20s? Are they going to come in the red zone, in the green zone? Are they going to be on pass attempts? I hate that kind of shit. I, I don't think you really have an option unless there's some Viking fan in your league that you you can just, you know, trade rape. There's nothing you can really do. You have to hang on to them. I'm not opposed to sitting them down. Like, I, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook. What do I do? I mean, I'm, I'm in a spot right now where I'm a 500 team in my league because mm-hmm. I have Devontae Freeman. I have Dalvin Cook. I have Jack Doyle. I have Josh Gordon. Like, I literally got a whole team of fucking guys who've played a total of, like, fucking yeah. 100 snaps on the fucking season between them. So what do I do with Dalvin Cook if I'm a little light this week? And well, like, what do you what do you expect out of him? The good news is you get Freeman back, and he's got right. Freeman should be back against Pittsburgh. It's a fantastic matchup, so I think that's good for you. I mean, I almost but if someone's not my exact team. Like Dalvin yeah, Cook, no. do you start him in seasonal this week? If your other option, and I like always doing these kind of if yeah, this yeah. or that, is uh, Isaiah Crowell, no. Bilal Powell, no. Tevin Coleman with Freeman no. back. No. Like how far do you go? Uh, um, well, right now, I got my rankings over at fantasyguru.com, part of our VIP package Deion Lewis. over there. So you guys could go check that out. Um, I, and I have Dalvin Cook 18th right now. So I got Lamar okay. Miller one spot ahead of him. I have Breida ahead of him. I have Lynch behind him by one spot just because um, the Chargers are getting Corey Leggett back, their defensive tackle. So that's something that we have to, you know, a lot of people so are going to be. You think, you think Cook's fine this week, then? I think he's, yeah, low end running you don't, back. You two. don't have him. I think if he's 100%, you'd probably have him in the top, you know, 10 maybe or something probably like that. At least that. top so 15, bump- top. Right. So you're bumping yeah. him down a little bit because you're assuming he's probably going to be 75%. Yeah, the long rest between last Thursday and this week and the the um, um, the matchup this okay. week as well. Like, those are two things against Philly whose defense has been a problem. Uh, those are two things I think are pretty that he does have going for him, even though he's going to be on a pitch count. What do we do? With, what do we do with Kenyon Drake? Oh, and this geez. is one I'll talk about yeah. a lot of the stuff that I got right. And there was a lot. There was a lot. And you could listen. Me and Jeff stuff is still up on the oh, site. Yeah. You can go there. I'm wrong. I was on Drake. all over Flackers. I was all over Ben uh, leading the league in passing. I was all over Michael Thomas and Jeff. You have yours too. Philip Rivers, I was all over. Carlos Hyde, I told everyone he was going to have a career year. He's leading the league in touchdowns right now. We both loved Aaron Jones. I said Thielen was a first-round draft pick going in the third. You know, like OBJ, full fade. Didn't want anything to do with Obel Beckham. One of the things I was really wrong on, really wrong, was Kenyon Drake. I don't know if there was anyone higher coming into this year on Kenyon Drake than me. Ted Schuster. He was super yeah. high on him, too. I, I wasn't as high because of the addition of Frank Gore, but I wasn't low on him. I definitely was an advocate. I definitely loved Drake. I, I, had, been a, I had been an advocate of him since he was drafted. I, I really liked him as a true three-down feature back, and I, th- I thought he showed it last year. I'm not exactly sure. It's two situations that are very hard for me right now, Tommy, and that's Miami and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. You know how I, I – my entire fantasy life and DFS and everything revolves around the coaches and the schemes and what they're trying to do. And once I understand, once I get that sense, then I'm able to articulate, all right, here's what they're going to do. Here's how they attack this. Here's how they attack this. I can't make – and Adam Gase has been an issue for me since he was with Denver and Chicago and Miami. He's just all over the fucking board. And kudos to him who's had success. But he's been a thorn in my side, and I, I don't have any explanation what to do with him. I, I think he just has to go in the unknown pile. And the unknown pile, for me, you might as well just yeah. be dead. 
because sometimes you got to do that though, right, Jeff? I mean, I, and we away. talk about this all the time. Be agnostic. Like, why do you have to have a strong stand on everything? Can't. Like, why can't you just say I don't know? Yes. You know, and and it's like the, it, it's the joke the comedians used to say it. You know, like when you have a when you have a wife or when you have a girlfriend, like you can't ever say I don't know. You gotta have an answer for everything, right? Because you're a man and blah blah blah. Like, why can't you just say I don't know? I don't know what the fuck to do with the Tennessee backfield. I don't know what the fuck to do with the Miami backfield. I don't really fully know what to do with the fucking indie backfield. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't I don't know. I know. So I'm avoiding it in seasonal. I'm avoiding it in daily. And it's going to fuck me some weeks because they're going to go off and some people did know. But I'm just betting on the fact that over the course of 17 weeks or 16 for the individual teams, 17 for us as fantasy players, that I'm going to be right avoiding that situation more often than I'm going to be wrong. And it's only going to fuck me one or two times. Yep. That's where I'm at. Well, that and that's what I do with Seattle running backs and New England running backs and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I just so, certain situations I just stay away because you don't have to be right on everything, folks. And in fantasy, that's the great thing about it. All you have to do is be right on your nine guys every week that you start, right. whether it's DFS or seasonal. So, and even in DFS, dude, you don't listen. Yeah, you can. If have I get beat by Derrick Henry one week, fucking, I'll eat that. Oh, of you course. know, if I get beat by Deion Lewis, even you know, I'll eat that. You know, I'll, I'll take stabs at him here and there when I think there's an opportunity. Um, another backfield situation, Jeff, that I think is a little more clear, a guy I was super high on in the preseason guide. I believe you were really high on him, too, is Aaron Jones uh, in this Green Bay situation. I, I don't remember 100%, but that's been a little bit of a messy situation. We got Montgomery, we got Williams, we got Aaron Jones, but I think this is the Aaron Jones show going forward. Oh, Tommy G. Here's, here's the conundrum that you put me in. You, we have this emergency No Mercy podcast today. And then tomorrow we're going to be previewing the next week. And then you bring me to Aaron Jones, and I fucking love Aaron Jones for next week. Holy shit, do I love him. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. I have him in my lineup. Going into the year, I was pretty indifferent about him just because three weeks of suspension – there's no telling in three weeks look at what we've seen we've seen ryan fitzpatrick go from the best to good to the best to out in four weeks it's just gone if jamal williams would have ran real well he's he would have had that job and that made me nervous going in to the season there was no question that aaron jones is a better running back there's not even it's not even a debate so it's just a matter of whether he can get that opportunity or not and now he got it this past week against the Bills. He did well with it. And holy shit, do I love him against the Lions, bro. Oh, love yeah. it. Do you want to read? I'm going to actually read my Aaron Jones analysis in the draft guide. This is a crowded backfield on the surface, but I don't think there's any question that AJ is by far the most talented back on this team. His suspension is moving him into the eighth and 10th rounds, and I am all the fuck over that and would consider him in the seventh in a sharp league. But I would wait if it's a home league full of dummies. Fuck a couple weeks. The first couple weeks are easy to cover since your whole roster is healthy. This kid is going to be a stud this year. So I love him. I'm absolutely obsessed with him going forward. And I would like to know from you, what do you think his snap percentage is going to be? In what still, there are still some bodies in that backfield, obviously. He's not there alone. Do you think this guy becomes an 80, 90% back? Aaron Jones is going to be... 50 to 60% snaps this week against the Lions. What do you, where do you see him going forward? Where do you see Aaron Jones in week 10? By week 10, I don't think it's ever going to be more than 65%. I, and again, and that's not bad. That will still get him top 12, top 
14 at the very lowest status amongst running back snap shares. There's just not that strong of snap shares outside of the guys like well, Kamara right now, but that will be different with Ingram uh, coming back and Zeke Elliott and guys like that. So uh, he, he will get plenty to produce, especially in plus matchups there. So, I mean, I think Aaron Jones is a very viable guy and a player that's pretty sneaky to buy low on right now. Yeah, he's, he's a guy who obviously, as I said, I'm super high on. Um, I think he gets over the 60%. I think he's more of a 70% back as the season goes on. But, um, again, you still do have uh, Montgomery there. You still do have Williams there. They're going to get carries. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just absolutely love him going forward, though. Let's talk about some other guys here. Um, what about this indie running back situation? What's your take on Hines? Where are we at going forward with this? Always like Naheem Hines. That's one guy I singled out. It, I, I said specifically, I'm not a satellite running back guy. I'm never going to be a pass catch running back. It's not what I do. But for those who wanted one on the cheap, Naheem Hines was a guy I singled out constantly this preseason. So, yeah, I think he's going to maintain a role, but it's just going to be a pass catching role. He's the Darren Sproles, the Duke Johnson, uh, the Theo Riddick of the Indianapolis Colts. I think Marlon Mack's still going to get the job. Unfortunately, Wilkins ran well early, but nobody has stood out that much that I, I think Marlon Mack is still going to get the lead time here. We'll see Robert Turbin's coming back this weekend from suspension. Who the frick knows? I, I don't know what to make of of Robert Turbin. I can't believe he they kept him on a roster through the four-game suspension, which right. is pretty surprising to me. I still think Marlon Mack is, quote-unquote, the guy to own with Naheem Hines being the third down back and Jordan Wilkins being the handcuff. But it's not a stable situation at all. It's just too many guys there for me, man. There's just too many guys. I I don't even like the Jets backfield in good matchup. I don't even like two backs, you know? like Let alone when you start throwing three, four, five different guys. This guy's going to play on third down. This guy's going to play on short yardage. This guy's going to – nah, it's too much for me. Just give me me a bell count. Too much. Um, Jordan Howard, uh, guy who I haven't been high on, high on. I know you love, love him more than anyone in the world. Got out carried by Tariq Cohen in a game where they were actually blowing Tampa Bay out. Does this worry you at all that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Jordan Howard guy. You are, we've argued this a lot. I do not like him. I do not like him in fantasy. I don't like him in DFS. I never roster him. Um, what's your take? Are you wavering at all? doesn't seem it. No, it's no. They were winning by forty points, so the backup came in and ran. I, I don't. I, I know I've got a lot of questions this week about it. I, there's absolutely the fact that he sucks even when he's playing, though. I mean, his last Jordan Howard's been last, fantastic. He's been last three sh- games. He's averaging two point five, two point five, two point three yards per carry. Yeah, well, he's getting a lot of short yardage carries. That's the problem. Little misleading with with his yards per carry. They're much more effective than he is uh, with gaining yards per carry. But his snap share has been 72 and over every week up until this week. Had 54% of snaps even this week when Cohen played 47. Like Cohen's a marginal guy. Cohen's played 31, 30, 40.5, and then 47.5 snaps each of the first four weeks. So this if... This Bears offense, I do not expect this to continue like this, but they've got a lot of legit weapons here. It's going to be Howard. The the more they spread the field out, the more that defenses honor Mitch Trubisky, the wider the running lanes become. And this offensive line is playing very good football this year. And I think Jordan Howard could absolutely eat the rest of the way. So, yeah, I'm not worried, not even a single, single bit, and especially about Tariq Cohen. I was worried going into the year, Tommy, about Cohen because I wasn't sure – 
what the new coaching staff was going to do and think. And all they did all preseason, all offseason, is give Jordan Howard catches out of the backfield. Yeah, I'm not worried about the snap share. Um, right. That, that's I kind of – I was right on Henry, you know, like Derrick Henry, when everyone was like, oh, look at his speed and his power combination, and he's going to be the best because I read something <laughs> on player profile and said it's Spark scores. Spark <laughs> <laughs> score. I'm like, he's just not that good, guys. Like, just watch him run. And it's kind of the same thing. I know you love – I don't know, man. I just don't like him as a running back. So uh, we'll see. And my opinion, the jury's still out. But I do believe that he's still going to get the snaps. I think his opportunity is still going to be there. I just don't like his skill set. If you can produce, like Jordan Howard last couple years, if you could produce in that John Fox shitty offense that he has the previous two years, I mean, let's face it, he ran for 1,300 and 1,100 Mm -hmm. and 15 touchdowns the last two years with only getting 25 receptions both years, it's like – if he can do that, he's already got 10 receptions on the season already. You know, he can produce in this offense that I think is definitely Trubisky, better. Trubisky doing well is going to help Would him help a lot. Him. Yes. Help him a lot, of course. That, that's I a agree. big thing there. Now, we have a bunch of people who are freaking out over Odell Beckham, why he can't score a touchdown and what's going on with Odell Beckham. Guys, don't, you're listening to the wrong fucking podcast. If you're expecting <laughs> yeah. something good and encouraging about Odell motherfucking Beckham because me and Jeff stood on a goddamn mountain and almost both got suspended simultaneously on the same show for cursing people off about how Odell Beckham is the most arrogant, underrated little bitch of a fucking player in the history of the NFL. And he's basically just a one trick pony who takes a 75 yard slant to the house once a game. And that's 90% of his numbers. Yep. And guess what you're seeing right now? You're seeing a guy with 31 catches and 330 yards through four weeks with zero touchdowns on a one and three team. And he's already hitting the papers again. Oh, this yeah. This dude just got his money. He, you think he didn't give a fuck before? Now that he just got fucking paid? Yeah. This dude is already hitting the papers, already talking about problems. Basically backhandedly throwing Eli Manning under the bus, throwing the whole coaching staff under the bus, throwing the whole play calling under the bus. The dude's a fucking train wreck. And he's saying he sacrificed everything using the Colin Kaepernick Nike line. The fuck did you sacrifice, you little crying bitch? (laughs) The fuck have you ever sacrificed outside of your regular hair color? You've sacrificed (laughs) nothing. You are a crybaby prima donna bitch, and that's basically all you are and all you'll ever be. Are you talking to me or Odell Beckham right now? Because I feel it. It's honestly, you're very similar. Yeah, I know. I love the hair color. You don't frost your tips anymore. But, yeah. But, uh, I mean, should people be selling Odell Beckham right now? Yes, if you can get the return. It would have been better going into the week than coming out of this week. Because he, he should have destroyed against the Saints. Right. I was torn on this one, Jeff, because of Lattimore. I still believe in Lattimore, yeah. even though his numbers look bad in the first few games. I was. I, I even wrote in my article. I want to be all in on Odell Beckham. I just can't bring the Lattimore situation out of my head. The it's more of an Eli Manning. Eli Manning was so bad. He's so bad. He's oh so bad. my god. He's, he's worse than I thought. I'll take the L on it. I mean, I didn't think he was good. Right. But I thought he had enough weapons around. I thought him so too. I thought he'd be okay. He'd be fine. Yeah. But wow. oh my wow. god, it, it's just over. I mean, it's no no big deal. It's over. Like, dude, it happens. I mean, it's all. And the Mannings, like Peyton went from setting every record in football to, uh, to getting replaced by Brock Osweiler. Like, literally happened in a minute. It was just, boom, right. it was over. 
And that's Eli. It's it's hit. It's done. I mean, he couldn't do anything. He, they couldn't challenge that defense deep. And that's that's the one thing you have to do with Lattimore and right. all the Saints corners. You have to challenge them downfield. They simply didn't do it. And that's Eli's fault. So, you know, yeah, and, and OBJ screwed me. And it's nothing worse. Like you said the other week with Fournette. Man, me getting screwed over by Odell Beckham was not easy to take. So that drove me fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, Julio Jones continues his uh, touchdown <laughs> trout. I mean, I know. it's fucking – is there a receiver in the NFL who literally could catch for 173 yards more often in his career and not score? I don't think so. It's like it's almost impossible. That, some of the games. That's what I mean. Like it, to me, I am willing to die on this one because I, I predicted him to have ten or more touchdowns this year, and I I, I get it. I, like I, it's simply it's like a math equation. I don't know how it's possible to catch, you know, to gain two lengths of the football field, but none of them reach the pylon. Like it's almost. <laughs> how does this happen? The, he had one sixty nine and no eventually. touchdowns in week one too. Like. Here's the deal. I re- and I I did this over fantasyguru.com again, part of our VIP package over there. And I, I wrote up in my weekly write ups the Julio saw more single coverage this week than he has in three seasons. Uh and that and when whoever I forgot what the exact numbers, it's in the weekly recap though. Um uh, between Ridley and Jones. Matt Ryan made a field day of throwing to whoever, whichever one was in single coverage, every freaking time, and it was genius. And that's a huge thing. And it's only it's going to result in big numbers for Julio Jones. There will be touchdowns. This is a guy I'm not going to give up on. I absolutely refuse. I think the emergence of Ridley is only going to be a great thing for Julio. I really do. And I, in the first last couple weeks, it's been all Ridley, five touchdowns to zero. It's going to flip, though. It's just the more defenses have to pivot towards Ridley and honor Ridley and put somebody over the top, the more one-on-one on Julio. And Matt Ryan is fantastic at distributing that football. I think Julio Jones, the touchdowns will come with Julio Jones. Like, it's going to happen. It's 5 to nothing in favor of Ridley right now. But eventually, once they start putting safeties over the top of him, you're going to get one-on-ones with Julio Jones. And Matt Ryan showed last week, that he will deliver the ball to who, whichever one of these guys is on single coverage. And if it's Julio Jones, he's going to feast on touchdowns down the road. Do you know six of the last seven games where Julio Jones went over 100 yards, he didn't score? Yeah. Yes, you know how I hard do. that is It's to almost do? impossible. Like I said. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you some stats since 2015. He had a 149-yard game with no touchdowns. A 135-yard game with no touchdowns. He had the 300-yard game with only one touchdown, which seems almost impossible. 174-yard game with no touchdowns. Last year, he had a 149-yard game with no touchdowns, 118 with no touchdowns, 108 with no touchdowns, and this year already, he's had a 173 and a 169 with no touchdowns. Like, I'm telling you, he's going to break a record. Yeah. He has to have the record, and I don't have the data in front of me. But someone needs to look this up. Has anyone ever had more 100-yard games without a touchdown in their career than Julio Jones? Ooh, I don't think it's I possible, do not so. know offhand, but, I mean, it, it would, it'd be hard to top. I'm sure it but may. Did, now, after a while, Jeff, since, I mean, this has been happening for a couple years now. Are we just, like, do you have to start? I know we just ignored it last year, and we ignored it coming into this year, and I still want to ignore it now. When is the point where you start going, 
all right, you know what? Fuck it. I just have to accept that this is reality. Now, like how much longer would it need to go? For this particular instance, um, never. Right? Yes, because I don't think it's possible. And again, there's always a one in a million. There's always that shot. But I just can't believe a player can get – if the targets went down, if the receptions went down, if the yardage went down, absolutely. Then, you you know, you hit the emergency button and check. But if, if those – the volume numbers are there, I, I don't think it, I would ever. And if I, I'm willing to die on that vine too, if he's just going to be this guy and he's going to get 1,500, 1,600 yards receiving. I think I saw uh, he was on pace for 2,000 yards receiving with zero touchdowns. It's like, <laughs> it's I mean, at that point, I mean, I'm, I'll go down with that if I had yeah, to. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, right. That's, at least you're getting the yards. I'm willing, right? like, exactly. I'm if willing you're not to getting take the yards, risk. then you start freaking out, you know, with the no touchdown. But at least you're, if you get a buck 63, most of your leagues have bonuses in them or something. You're getting your 20 fantasy points. You know, plus the plus the reception. So you're, you're doing just fine. Uh, a couple others here that we should talk about. The Brand, Browns passing offense. And watching this game, uh, what did we take away? This is a situation where we were looking at, you know, Baker being the best quarterback in the history of the NFL after week one. Again, overreacting millennials. And I said, let her fucking relax. You know, it was a fucking half of football. Um, they put up 42 points. I didn't think Baker looked that great at all. Um, 21 for 41, incomplete on 20 of his 40 passes, basically. Um, two touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, split that. I mean, he looked fine. You know, he did okay. And and I'm going to look at it as it's the kid's first start. You know, like, what do you expect? That's a pretty good performance in your first NFL start. But meanwhile, everyone was anointing him as God. The one thing that was a little on, Jarvis Landry, four for 34 in this game, did see 10 targets, had a little tough time connecting with him. And my boy, Rashard Higgins, who the whole industry wants to hate on because his spark scores aren't very good, <laughs> actually led the team in receiving. Unjoku saw an uptick. Who's the guy here? I mean, Callaway's a guy that oh. we really want to be the guy that we want to play in DFS because he's cheap. But uh, talk to me about what you, what you learned from this week with the Browns. Man, uh, what I learned was that this and is there enough it has is there enough to learn anything in just one game no not permanently but they're the jaguars under gus bradley like this team is now stacked with talent they are very capable and they they know they're good they can feel it but they don't know how to guide it they don't know how to close it out and they need a new coach i mean and again that's a whole different debate when baker mayfield comes out and says he felt unprepared coming into today's game like those were his words not mine Un like that's when you know your coach is a fucking joke antonio callaway was the worst player that i saw play football and i rostered him and needed him desperately he had four drop passes a drop two-point conversion he went out of bounds on the half inch line when all he had to do was stick the football out or dive in like he just had to walk in the end zone and stepped out on the half yard line it was it, he didn't block up field. He he fumbled the special teams play. It was it was simply the, one of the worst games I've seen. A but human. everyone on Twitter, do you see his air yards, man? Oh, like, dude, his air yard. Remember when yes. I used to argue yeah. with these motherfuckers? <laughs> two years. I love it. Corey Coleman. Do you remember Tommy G's stance that Corey Coleman sucks at football? Yes. And everyone was like, dude, Corey Coleman's air yards and Corey. Co Ariads don't mean shit to me if they're not connecting. Like, it's, yeah, okay, he's fast and runs deep. I get it. But there's a lot of things Antonio Callaway does when you watch a game that make you want to pull your fucking hair out if you bet on or are a Browns fan. And, Jeff, you just named pretty much all of them. Yes. So, I mean, 
that's what this is. And Cleveland's going to be good in a couple years, but it's going to take. They'll be good next year. They just got to get rid of this regime. Well, forget that. What do we think of Landry going forward? Is this. Is he still going to be like, was Tyrod Taylor just fucking jerking him off and worshiped him and Baker's going to spread the ball out more? That's kind of what I see. No, I I don't think I I think Baker's going to be able to get everyone involved. It's okay if he doesn't get everyone involved, but it it, it will be they're going to run the football. Let's let's make no Mm. mistake. They ran for 6.7 yards a carry on 31 attempts. They ran for over 200 yards against the Raiders Mm -hmm. and they should have ran a lot more, quite honestly. So, um, Landry will eat. It's going. There will be plenty for him. Now, what's the upside there? The thing with Landry, we got to remember, he's never he's never been the touchdown guy. He was that only. Right. His, you, you need yeah his final year in, You need in Miami catches. Right. He will move the chains, but there somebody has to get those touchdowns, and Njoku would be the likely candidate for those. But Landry's never been a big touchdown monger, other than his last year in Miami, and so he's going to get ten targets a game about. Probably, hopefully, catch six to eight of those passes and get you, you know, your standard 75 to 100 yards. And I think he'll be fine. I'm not that worried about Landry. Yeah. I think Callaway, though, and your Higgins guy, Ted and I talked about this on the SiriusXM show the other day, too. You know what? I'm going to have to give in on, on Callaway versus Higgins because this fun Callaway, he, you could be fast and you could be all that, but my God, you can't cost a team in the number of ways that he did. And Higgins piled up four for 61. So, man, I wouldn't doubt if we see a lot less from Antonio Callaway for at least the next couple of weeks while the coaching staff this gets better prepared. This is what the data nerds don't understand. Yeah. Things like Corey Coleman was doing, things like Antonio Callaway is doing, keep you off the field. You can't be an off-the-field nightmare who's literally – and Antonio Callaway is the definition of an off-the-field nightmare. He's literally – one more 3 a.m. away from being off the team, possibly, and then start missing blocks and then start running the wrong route and then start dropping balls, especially with a Baker Mayfield who's a cocky young quarterback who's eventually going to be like, all right, bro, fuck you. You know, like, I'm not throwing you anymore. You know, like, so I'm a little worried about it. I I think there's upside there for sure. I'll still play him in DFS hoping for that big home run, but everyone needs to calm the fuck down uh, on this whole Antonio Callaway is going to be a god. Kiki, do you love him? Kiki, do you love him? Are we riding? Yeah. Um, only if Will Fuller is out for an extended period of time. Like if mm-hmm. there, there, I have zero doubt that Will Fuller is Deshaun Watson's guy. If, mm-hmm. but Fuller, Fuller's had hamstring. I, but how about this, Tommy? I went back to his high school. He went to Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I went, Stalker. I went, I Stalker. dude, I, I really did. I, I went alert. all the way back. Guess what? He missed five games in his junior and senior year in high school due to hamstring injuries. It, it was constant. It was happening at Notre Dame. It's happening now. So this is, I, I don't know. They haven't come out as of this recording. I what the timetable is for Will Fuller, but however long he misses, Kuti is very much going to be a part of things there. How let's say, let's say he's back in. I mean, I think we know if Fuller's out. You know, we just saw it this week mm-hmm. that, you know, Kiki's going to be extremely viable. When when Fuller comes back, you know, if Kiki's going to be involved in the offense, they didn't have even anything close to a number three. They were literally the, the perfect two-receiver funnel, right? They were yes. like the Minnesota situation where it's like, play them both. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, if the quarterback throws for 300, they're each going to break 100, right? Like with Diggs and Thielen. So we love those situations. Sure. Um, does Kiki now take – 
Is he now a five for 60 guy in this offense? Is he a seven, eight target guy? Is he go back into oblivion when Fuller's healthy? Like, where do you think he falls in and how does he affect the other two? Oblivion. Yeah, you think he's going? You think Unfortunately, he's going. I'm oblivious. I, I disagree just, with you. I disagree. There's, there's not enough to eat there. There's just not enough. Well, there's the third wide receiver. Watson, Watson runs. They have a heavy volume running attack with Lamar Miller. I mean, you're going to take away from DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. I strongly doubt that happens. I think you take it. I think you take a couple targets away from each. I think. I think you're looking at, you know, maybe a target or two, a target and a half away from each guy. So nothing drastic. But I think they are real. I mean, listen, you got to remember this team's one and three, and they're one and three because they only got fucking three weapons. You know, they, they don't, they can't spread the ball around, and their defense sucks. But I, I could see them looking. Every team likes having that number three. So until he starts to fall off a cliff a little bit, I think he's, I think he's viable in a double flex. I think he's viable in the flex in deeper leagues. Um, I, I don't think you, you, you think Too he's small. what two for twenty? Yeah, yeah. You don't, I don't even think... see him as a as a four for fifty guy. No. Cole Beasley I, type? No. <laughs> um, no. I only like I said, we're assuming Fuller is in. When Fuller's right, in Fuller's yes. in hel- and fully healthy. Yeah. I, I don't think Kiki Kuti is rosterable if Fuller was one hundred percent. Interesting. Okay. If if though, a- I mean this is how far it goes fast. If Fuller's out, he becomes startable. Oh yeah, of course. Like like John so Starr I mean wide receiver three. It's point, one right? of those things that I think there is a pretty strict, you know, strict line there between those two. Okay. So, so we're uh, we're over an hour here. We got a lot of the football stuff done. Uh, I'll throw one or two more things at you. We'll do one or two fun questions. But tomorrow is where we're gonna do the regular show like we always do with all the fuck Mary kills and we'll keep it crazy. <laughs> we're gonna talk DFS, we're gonna get wild. This is an emergency. Just kind of recap. Talk. This is a lot of business. What the fuck are we, we doing? We, here? We're pretty business. I could throw a fuck Mary kill in here right now for you, real quick, just to mix it in. All right. So, um, this, these are off on Twitter. So, uh, okay. vomiting, pissing, and shitting. <laughs> fuck Mary kill. <laughs> oh, vomiting, shitting, and, and what was pissing, the other one? Pissing. pissing. Yes, all three of the major. Uh, bodily functions where shit goes outside of your wow what a fantastic question (laughs) god this is articulate this is only on no mercy do you get that vomiting pissing and shitting i'm going to i am going to marry shitting because i i absolutely do love it it is my favorite time of the day it's the only time i get to relax and be by myself so i absolutely love it um I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck vomiting because really? yeah so I'm gonna let piss I'm gonna wait kill a piss minute, wait a minute all right yeah. now elaborate here here because it's like I'm thinking about this and the only time I I feel so much better when I vomit and I shit like pissing it is like it's just something I have to do and it's just whatever it just bothers my day the other two I actually feel like oh thank God at the end of it I feel like. This is this has changed my life, and I've this has improved my current state of being. When I either I vomit, right. or I shit. Now I won't. I don't like vomiting all the time, so I wouldn't marry it. So I would just fuck it, just so every now and then be like a side piece. Like, all right, I throw up. Hey, yeah, like you know, I fit in my pants a little bit better. Whatever it may be, you know, I'm over all my right. hangover. I don't, or I don't hate that. I, I mean, I get it because you know, shitting is the obvious marry. I mean, you have every guy loves shitting. 
God, like I love it. I really like it so especially much. Especially when you're married, right? Yes. Because that's your only alone time when you're married with kids. I stay in there for like 40 minutes. Right, yeah. Like, I, like I, when I had a girlfriend who lived with me, I Ugh. used to stay on the shitter for as long as I could. Ever. It was literally like as long as I could. Sometimes uh, now, I put the seat up and I just let my bare ass go in the cold water. It's delightful. <laughs> It's delightful. It, you flush it a couple times, so it's all you ever, clean. You ever sit down without the toilet seat being down? That's the worst when you just oh, fall into it. I love, no, I like it. <laughs> it's nice and cold. Big fucking white ass. It's so great. You just oh. drop your load directly like a water berth. <laughs> like, <laughs> just your load just is already your ass. Have you ever shit standing up, by the way? Yeah, I have actually once, only yeah. because not like fully standing up. That's called shitting your pants, Jeff. One St. Patrick's Day uh, When there was no toilet paper to put on the bowl and I was in a really dirty dive bar, it was like, all right, let me kind of – I did the kind of hover approach. It was a St. Patrick's Day, and I remember Ted was there. We had this whole argument, our crew, about could you, like, could you shit on something? Because, like, usually shit just falls. Like, yeah, like, could you projectile shit? So we actually (laughs) – several of us shit on a wall (laughs) trying to, like, let it (laughs) – Like cask, like like trying to get it to you know go onto the wall from like a, about six inches away, and by the way, that doesn't work. It just goes into the back of your shoes. And don't wear sandals either when you do that. Oh my Kids. god! Do you know I have a funny projectile shit story? The uh, my brother, who you know, who's going to fucking stab me for saying this. On the bod. Airwaves. The bod. He uh, when he was younger, he used to just fart nonstop like that's what that was his thing you know everyone has a thing yes like that was his thing he just farted all the time and he used to laugh all the time so when my dad was around this is when we were real younger uh, i think i've told you this story before but i don't think i've said it on air so picture my dad who's like a six foot guy and my brother who's like six years old right who's really small right so my dad picks him up like chest to back so my brother's facing out and my dad's facing out picks him up by his armpits like, so he's holding him up by his neck and folds him over, okay? So that Kurt's knees are by his face, right? So he's pressed Uh-oh. up against my dad's chest, back Uh-oh. to chest, and he's holding him and he's squeezing his legs down. And every time he does, you hear, oh no, like a fart machine, right? So uh-huh. he was walking around the house shooting my brother like a gun. And we went into the bedroom and he went to shoot him at me. And this little fucking shit turd went <laughs> flying out of his ass. Right by me, projected across the fucking room. And this is one of the few childhood memories that I remember. So you can actually projectile shit as long as it's a little shit bullet and uh, you're aiming it at your brother's head. Oh, my fucking God. It's a real story, dude. That's a real story. You can ask the bod. He will tell you. Oh, I could not wait. It's, I want to it, see his response to that. We were all dying. Me, my mom, everyone was just fucking dying because he went to shoot me. And it's just a shit turd went flying at my head. But, uh, yeah, I would... Definitely marry shitting, obviously. Yes. Um, I'm going to kill vomiting, which seems like chalk, but only because I don't vomit ever. I don't as much as I drink. Yeah, you I've never. Seen I you vomit. wish I could vomit like I just can't. I, I mean, we've I done can. a lot of bad things together. I've never seen you puke. I never puke. And I'm always fucking so hung. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to marry vomiting probably because I, yeah, I need to Wait, vomit. What? So if I could vomit. You know how much better? Like, I'm like 20 shots of tequila deep. I just wish I can go bleh and then keep going. So that's the thing I'm missing most Maybe in my life is, is vomiting. Yeah. So you know what? Technically, if it's going to fucking be a part of my life forever, then yeah, I'd love to be able to puke and make me drink more and fucking sober up. So I'm actually going to marry vomiting. I'm going to fuck uh-huh. shitting, even though I don't like 
anal sex. I'm going to fuck shitting. Yeah. And I, I could do it out pissing. Fucking whatever. Pissing yeah, is dumb. Pissing is dumb. It's so, like, so ridiculous. Pissing, you only notice it if you really have to, but it's always annoying. Like, when right. you have to shit, you get excited. Like, oh, oh, is there anything better than a fart while pissing, too? Like, it's just like your whole midsection just gets like so much better. This girl in my high school, I almost just said her name. Probably shouldn't oh, do that. Don't say that. Um, don't she, do that. Uh, she farted and sneezed at the same time, so we called her Fart and Sneeze. That was her nickname all through high school. Imagine that being fart. your nickname through high school. Fart and but, uh, sneeze. Yeah, she farted and sneezed at the same time in class. She didn't um, get her period at the same time. Gosh, probably pissed herself and got her period. That would have been even knows. better. Real quick, 30 seconds on the clock violation last night. Um, we saw that. Uh, there oh, was yeah. a clock violation on that big third down God. conversion that went for like 30 yards. Mahomes. Of course, everyone's just like breezing over it and moving on because because we now, because of it, can talk about how great Mahomes is. Meanwhile, if Mahomes got fucked by it, it would have been like, fucking the refs destroyed his fucking kid's undefeated record and blah, blah, blah. But uh, what do you think of the clock violation? Why, why don't we have a horn in the NFL like we do in other sports? It's absolutely terrible, man. It's so bad. With The referees are just absolutely atrocious in the NFL right now. They're bad at the uh, and the NBA. They're just bad I, at refereeing. They're bad at yeah. They're bad at their jobs. It's mm-hmm. embarrassing. The NFL should be embarrassed. It was clearly zero. It stayed zero for at least the you know, almost it a was, one and a half. It was obvious. Yeah. Like it was beyond. So I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. It, that's the thing people don't realize. It's every Monday I do the thing called the plays you didn't see because. Every week we get production taken off the board. You know Jay Ajayi lost 46 yards rushing this week just on, on three carries because of fucking random holding penalties. So it's – I think referees are terrible in the NFL, and it's approaching NBA-like type shit where they're I taking think, plays they're and scores right. off the board. Well, in NBA, I always say because it's foul, so they just give people free right. points. Right, NBA just blatantly cheats. Right. Yeah, but it's like, oh, we're going to – here are points. We're just giving right. you points. We're not going to give you a better opportunity. They're automatic. You're just shooting freely. Right. And NFL is starting to do that same kind of shit, and I, I think it's – How it's, can you not challenge that? How is that not – something that is black – I've said this in every sport. Anything that is black and white should be reviewable. Yeah, like I mean, you want to make the case that certain ju- like even a catch technically is a judgment call. Right. But you could review that. This is something that is literally black and white, like 12 men on the field, uh, shot clock violation. These things are black and white. How is that something that's not reviewable in the NFL when there literally can be no per- like it's automatically conclusive? Like there's nothing inconclusive about a violation. The guy's hand either started moving before zero or it didn't. Right. The ball either released the NBA player's hand from the three-point line or it didn't. It, it's really not it, – it should be the first thing that you can review, right? And you can't review it, and there's no horn. And it doesn't the, – the clock doesn't change a different color as it's getting you know under five seconds. Like, they do nothing to bring attention to this. It, it's, it's fucking mind-boggling how you can't review that. I, it drives me crazy all the time. I don't know. And that's the thing. All these rules that you you can challenge things, but then not other things. Why? Right, it doesn't make if you, sense. If it's visible on a field, why can't you review it? It's Remember a call. Remember in baseball, you couldn't challenge a foul tip or like a hit by – like, wait, what? Yeah. Why can't I challenge something that I can obviously tell? Like, I can it's, see it. Like, what's the point of the fucking review if we can't change important shit that's obvious? So I'll, that I'll, pissed me off, and I truly feel – that if it was the other way around and Denver got away with a violation and ended up beating Mahomes 
the new oh, love child for the media. It's Showtime. Forget it. Showtime. Forget it. If Showtime got fucked last night, fucking Showtime. If that if he got fucked, so and terrible. Isn't it it would have been a thirty minute debate on every news channel. Fucking fuck the refs. Fuck the NFL. They're ruining it. But the media just wants Mahomes to be so good, so bad, and he is. <laughs> but they want this story to stay because yeah, most of the shit in the NFL is negative, right? Like all yeah. the stories are fucking bad in the NFL. Like it's just the, the league sucks. Fucking players are falling apart. Le'Veon Bell. Fucking a lot of guys they anointed as stars are fucking falling off or getting hurt. Like the NFL needs this kid right now, along with others. So um, we're going to talk about a lot of the DFS stuff. Probably get into the announcers tomorrow, too, because um, we need to talk about that. I got to talk about ESPN announcers, but, yeah, we'll, we could save that for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll save that for tomorrow. It's a nice thing about having back-to-back shows. So yes. make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to do a DFS look ahead. I'll probably still call it week four, even though it's week five. Uh, we'll talk you a little You called it bit week of, two earlier. I'm so fucking dumb. It's, it's, Dude, it's, it's hilarious. It's literally fucking crazy. Your brain um, is So we'll funny. do a little DFS week five look ahead tomorrow. We got some other fuck, marry, kills on this list. We'll probably do a live from FanDuel or DraftKings headquarters. Maybe we'll do a live from ESPN headquarters. Oh, so good. Yes. You want to do that on how they hire their announcers? All right. So maybe we'll go live from ESPN headquarters uh, tomorrow. So we got a fun show. The normal midweek show with me and Jeff will be tomorrow. Just wanted to get his in there uh, because a lot of you guys have waivers coming up. A lot of controversy going on about who to give up on, who to stick to. Uh, I did forget one, Jeff. Corey Davis. Is Is what we saw last week real or a little bit of an aberration? I don't believe in the Tennessee offense, so I think it's a little bit of an aberration. I mean, the kid's crazy talented. I love so him as a player, yeah. I love him as an athlete, a player. I just – I don't think Mariota – saw good things last week, but, man, I, I think he's banged up. I don't think he's very good, and maybe he gets better, and that would be wonderful, but I, I'm not willing to invest my season in it. Yeah, I, I think he's more of a 7-for-77 seven seven guy than he is a 9-for-161 guy, but – um, oh, yeah. I do love Corey Davis. If you gave him a better quarterback, I'd believe in what we saw last week from Corey Davis. Uh, tomorrow we'll touch a little bit on the, the Chargers, too. I want to get some touch on the on the Chargers passing game. But that's it for this show, Jeffrey. Any other uh, final words here before we get the fuck out of here? Don't stack in cash games, you <laughs> fucking mongrels. Goddamn. If I have to listen, if I see one more fucking screenshot, and what do you think of my lineup? And I got, ugh, I got four Detroit Lions in there. I think they're good. The Lions are going to do very good because I like the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Drives me fucking crazy. Don't do it. And it, listen, if you want to do it, go ask somebody else who's telling you to stack in cash. That's fine. Leave me the fuck out of your misery because Please. I know how this ends and I refuse. You're not going to pin that shit on me. Just like you people on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans and say, oh, Mans, I don't know, man. I'm 0 4 this season. I go, send me your screenshot. Send me your lineup. Send None me your lineup. of those guys are guys. Lamar are Miller <laughs> and fucking like Dalton and Boyd. I'm like, well, I told you not to stack, so those two are out. Lamar yeah. Miller hasn't been mentioned in a write-up yet this season, so we're, oh, I had a feeling. <laughs> well, then do your own thing. All Don't right. tell me why are you. Here's why you're 0-4 and cash games this year. Because you're making decisions. Let me make your decisions for you. It's what you pay me to do. Let me do my job. You just stick to the script and cash the winnings. That's my favorite thing, dude. Let me narrow the pool of players down to 20 people that you could decide from and then decide from those 20 people. 
Don't yes. start going off of people when I listed all these people that I didn't even fucking mention. I agree with that. Get over to GuruElite.com. Uh, we just dropped all the prices for yeah. the quarter poll. So we're down there. Gambling. A lot of stuff to gamble on this week. You guys need to get in on these gambling packages. We launched the hockey gambling package with Nikos, but we dropped the football betting package. Keep in mind, it says football betting, but if you read it, it also includes MMA and MLB and PGA. MLB playoffs are starting tomorrow. Uh, actually, tonight. And I'll be going to the Yankee game tomorrow. So for me, it really oh, starts tomorrow. Oh, shit. So be prepared for Prison Mike on Twitter at oh, Tommy G. No. It's going to get ugly. But I got some baseball bets in there for tonight's games. Uh, I'm also going to have bets in for the whole time through the whole playoffs along with MLB model. But uh, we also got McGregor Khabib, a sick MMA card yeah. this weekend. So you're going to want to get Mad Labs bets and plays in there. So make sure you get involved. Come on over, GuruElite.com. We got tons of packages. Uh, if you have any questions, just DM the house account at GuruElitedFS on Twitter. But uh, look forward to tomorrow, Jeffrey. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll probably record this a little bit earlier tomorrow because I got to get the fuck out of here and go get blackout for the Yankee game. So uh, this should be out right around first pitch of the Yankee game tomorrow. But um, for Jeff Manns, I am Tommy G. Good luck. Stay cashing, motherfuckers. Messi is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. <laughs> <laughs>